glutton for punishment ever facing the reality here we are and uh a little bit later than usual but we all had to stay up late hoping and wishing and wanting that the election results for maui which like i mean reporting from everybody else came in pretty fast but i i gotta say that like it's for them to have taken so long on such a low turnout um Mm, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, I, you know, I really just want to cover Maui in this, which I, I'm, I, you know, I came to a conclusion while sitting through all this, and then like the experiences from trying to interview everyone. I gotta say, next election, I think I'm just gonna focus on Maui. But if anybody outside of the county, you know, wants airtime, they can totally have it. But I, um, you know, for as as little coverage as it had statewide for as little reach as all of the separate broadcasting elements on Maui have, like, it's, you know what, I, I got to say I'm not surprised by some of the numbers, but at the same time, I have to say that, like, I, I can't I can't be completely surprised because it's very visible by spending power or clout on on who who got the votes and who earned the votes um there's some that i am totally not surprised and now that they're in the position that they're in i you know i kind of want to talk about it so um you know let's let's just get the governor race out of the way really quick uh and then then we'll just focus on (laughs) on maui but okay so governor race like i I'm sad to say that I'm not surprised that Josh Green got as many votes as he did. Um, Spending power was there the whole time, constantly being the press, whether good or bad. And that's one thing that people don't realize is that even being a pain in the ass in the press or disliked to a degree, uh, even bad news is good news on a slow news week. So, you know, so, yeah, it it really comes to no surprise that – the Josh Green sits where he does. Uh, the dark horse Duke Iona on that on the Republican side. Well, I will have to say for the amount of votes, what I I thought was kind of interesting were how many uh, how many people left that category blank. I mean, it's not a lot, but then when you think in the grand scheme, how many times that people just don't vote on certain parts of the ballot because they're either tired of thinking about it or they don't like any of the choices. So that is one thing that tells me is there's a uh, there's still not the right choice for Hawaii in general. Um, I'm surprised to see at how few votes some other candidates got. I, I really thought that Kakahele had some spending power to get some juice up in there, but I guess party lines tow hard and the machine wanted Josh Green. So, uh, you know, for those of you with your theories about how the political machine works, understand that there's a, a level of lobbying that goes on inside of a party. So even though Kai looked like an amazing candidate for Hawaiians and Democrat Hawaiians, uh, just the ability to be able to take on someone who already has clout in the national party as it is. 
So um, with that being said, sour grapes for BJ Penn. Um, never got him on the show. Uh, don't know how he would take being asked to come on the show now because I definitely like I, – I wasn't surprised that his votes were as low as they were. I almost thought they were going to be lower. Um, and this is why I'm not surprised, folks. His whole social media presence comes from his experience before throwing his hat into the political ring. So he has a lot of people who follow him for just being a sportsman. And that doesn't mean they have to be voters in the state of Hawaii. You get me? So he has, yeah, 363,000 followers. I'm sure that not a lot of them are bots, especially because when he actually posts something relevant to his base, like MMA, that they actually like show up in droves to like and reshare content for him. So what that tells me is that like, I really think that he had this false idea in his head that he had a bigger following than he did. Um, just because he, he didn't, he didn't separate his clout. He should have just, you know, he should have really just focused on making a fresh BJ Penn for governor account and trying to really like, kiss ass and shake hands and and build up something from scratch and that's one thing that i've said like unless you know what your personal cloud value is and you're paying attention to your audience which is very simple to just hop there into facebook and do it and and read your data across facebook and instagram and youtube has that stuff too so it's just like i i don't think there was enough technical effort on his side also um I, I kind of got tired of, of even tuning into to his little talks on his pages. I mean, you got to watch these candidates to see what they're thinking about. But, like, I don't think I could. If he made it into office the way that he talks to people on social media, like, I mean, he'd have to go through, like, refining school <laughs> to be to be on TV because it's just, like, the way that he's always just, like, lean back and oddly just fucking – he's – he – it's it's not that he seems like too gelled out like he's smoking weed or something it's that he just like i don't know if like he's in it or like if it's just like i think that's where the odd conspiracy theory of just like he was a robot plant to throw off the system it's like bro you know i really think he believed what he believed in i think he still does but i don't I just don't think he implemented his campaign correctly, and 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 a lot of people need to take heart from it, uh, especially you candidates out there that like, you know, you worked hard to get the followership that you did and shake all the hands that you did, but then the outcome was what it was. I have to say, for some candidates who I know that their budget was extremely low, I'm very proud to see the outcome for some of them. Um, I will have to say just before we get into. Uh, the county council race just generically statewide i'm really glad that some of the super super nut job choices did not did not make it in <laughs> via the primaries uh there were some candidates on there and i'm sure you heard them in interviews where they said some things that really didn't make sense so i'm glad that they're not on the ballot there are some people that were freshmen to this system though that i have to say that keep trying again um, you know who you are out there. I talked to you personally on the matter off air, but uh, I will have to say that like there's 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 some time that you 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 got to take to to establish yourself. So maybe this isn't the one, but the next one could be. So for uh, 
for those uh, younger candidates out there or those just throwing their hat into the political arena for the first time, hey, don't give up. Um, some of you guys had some really good ideas, so it was kind of a shame to see that you didn't even like come up on the register past like one or two percent as far as vote getters go. But if you stick to it and you know the people learn to to know who you are and what you can give, I, I think it'll have a great outcome. Uh, so on to the council. Um, I think that like you know we'll we'll cover some other parts of the election as the season goes on and we get to November. But I really think because of everything that the most heated race was mayor and, and County council. Um, I mean, side note, there were a few offices that I noticed on the, uh, you know, the state level interaction for Maui that, uh, it's kind of sad to see that. Like, I mean, we had some races that just like, Nobody was going up against anybody, so they were just, like, making their way in the door, like, uncontested. But that's that's a discussion for another time. So, um, not surprised, Bisson smoking into the lead. Um, definitely want to get his take on that. Definitely going to try to talk to him, uh, especially since now that it's easier. Now that all these people have been cut off the list, I don't have to worry about 400 people that and also having to come to the conclusion that like i can't i'm gonna lose my mind if i try to do that like that ever again so i think i think we focus on maui because you know there's a lot of other coverage going on for the other counties in the state and i think that just for as as much of a news desert as we have and it's not necessarily that there's a desert because there's a lot of news on maui just it's not getting to people so we're going to fix that. We're going to figure out how to fix that before the next election, and we'll see if, you know, maybe we can get more voters to turn out or maybe we can get a bigger conversation going. So things learned. But uh, Bisson, Victorino, the two at the top, uh, I got to say that, like, uh, that's kind of scary for Victorino in a sense of how much he got shaved by. So at this rate, if Bisson keeps going on a uh, – you know, a celebration tour, that momentum's going to catch up. And that's one thing that I will have to say to all you candidates out there that are listening is take this win that you have and keep just pulling the thread. You got to, you're going to have to keep momentum on it. Cause this, this is the 11th hour. Now you, you thought, wow, I got to this point and you made it, but guess what? Now you have to sprint all the way to the finish line and it is months away. Months away, but now you got to treat every day like it's election day. And that's the hardest part after primaries. So, I really think Bisson's going to be kissing babies, shaking hands, you know, just selling his name on the street. Uh, Victorino seemed happy, but I got to say that that just that shave of a difference between their votes says that like Victorino's incumbency is, you know, it's on the shelf. So, uh Mike, you're you're going to have to get out there a little harder. I think that there's going to have to be a huge work on his case uh, to try and be more relevant on his own channels than just rely on showing up in Maui County feeds cuz that's work. And yes, I know that, you know, mayors and presidents and governors and whatever show up in social media, but like he needs to be connecting with his base separate from his job. And I think that if he did that, 
he might actually like serve up a chance against Bisson. But we'll see. We'll we'll see. I you know I love to talk about him about it. Maybe we can learn some campaign strategy from some of these guys. The kind of stuff you know, not the super secret sauce, but at least the stuff that uh, you know can kind of reveal the direction that they're going or how they're going to like mount you know their defense to uh to really win come november um as far as uh the rest of the runners in the mayoral uh woof i gotta say guys good on you for trying but the numbers were were just so far apart from everybody else even for some people that i thought had like stood a chance to get at least more than four digits they didn't um which really like those candidates i gotta say they need it like you guys gotta take that as a sign that maybe mayor isn't the path maybe you need to find something else or maybe you should find yourself into the cabinet of one of the two victorino or bisson that you could go to work or to help or to aid. And really, that's that's the biggest part for a nonpartisan race is all you candidates that fall out because of the primaries, you should really be thinking about how you can still contribute to the election, how you can make sure that the thoughts of the constituents that you worked while you were out in the field can get to those that will actually make it into office. Um you know, just like uh, Sour Grapes for BJ Penn, I got to say that, you know, um, Cullen Bell, uh, I didn't I didn't expect him to get that far in the first place. Like, it, it's no discredit to you, bro, but, like, budget, the way that you talk to people, the way that you came across, like, again, I think it was the same thing as BJ Penn. It was just the, you know, it it, it really seemed like – there was an attempt to be there, but you weren't all completely in it because you still had everything else in your life to fight. So maybe as a candidate in future cases for anything else you want to run for it, like you got to make it to where like all you can think about is eat, sleep, drink campaign. Um, I, I really hope there's, there's no complaints from the MAGA candidates in general about, uh, about voter turnout or voter numbers, uh, I really got to say for as low as the the turnout was, there's really no <laughs> there's no there's no place to say that like votes got messed up or votes got screwed up. No, at this point, it's like all efforts of voter suppression and lack of people showing up and engaging at the polls is is to blame for anything right now. Um, I got to say Republicans do it to themselves because they don't invest in the idea of mail-in ballots. They've been trying to get rid of mail-in ballots everywhere they go across this country. And guys, get over it, all right? We've been doing mail-in ballots forever. And how do you think most of the military abroad does their voting? Mail-in ballots are part of the system and have been regularly proved not to be a problem in conflict with, you know, Stolen votes, fake votes, etc. There's none of that, you know. And there's quite a few resources that exist online from third parties that actually do all the investigating for you. I've listed them before in the show notes, and you know what? I think I might have to put them in regularly again when we're talking about election stuff here. But it's it's really more a shame that like people went out and like 
waved signs and like shook hands and talked shit with people. And I thought I think that's a lot of the problem with with the Republican campaign aspect and the MAGA candidates. It was more of a let's get you all in a room together to huff about stuff. But realistically, that doesn't like if you don't put anything into action, you know, that's that's where like sign waving and and community service time with a candidate and and going out and doing something as a part of the community as opposed to having one beer up country with a bunch of guest speakers you've never seen before being third party verification for candidates who you've never really thought of before so i i really think that like the republican party has to rethink its strategy it has to get away from uh, the QAnon clowns and the anti-vaxxers, especially since at this point Hawaii's nearly completely vaccinated. <laughs> so, again, that's a silent majority that's complaining online, and because they have enough clout and influence in their own communities, they sound or seem larger than they actually are. So we really need to just push ourselves away from that in the Republican Party and, you know, stop complaining about mail-in votes. Start trying to get them. You know, you're, you're denying a part of the system that exists. How many people can't make it to the polls because of their job? How many people can't make it to the polls because they have more than one job? How many people don't make it to the polls because they're pushed off on one side of things because they're raised Republican or whatever, and then they hear this whole, don't trust it, don't do it, so then they don't do it. So then your one last thread to get a candidate to vote for you just went out the window because you, without any research or recognition, deemed it a not a good way to 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 activate their vote. So I gotta say that the the Republican candidates brought it on themselves in that. And you know, I I really do wish the best for some of them. Uh, I think that especially if they could get out of that that QAnon trap or the Stop the Steal slash the January 6th trap on, on all the conspiracies, like, just get over it. Like, the Republican Party is kicking Trump out. Dude already has – how many, no, we can't get into that. We got to keep going on, like, on the election results. But, no, I will complain about uh, Dare Trump for Meister uh, another time. But um, going down the the county council seats – uh, speaking of spending power, uh, Hodgins and Sugimura, like, wow, just, just leagues ahead. Um, I gotta say, uh, congrats in order to Jordan Hawker for even like getting her vote numbers up there. Um, I really gotta say a progressive candidate like that, that especially sitting against, which I, you know, it's interesting that it's, it's kind of in that district it's kind of a libs fighting libs but like it's a whole different type of thing because i really like i'd i'd label yuki as an oligarch she really is <laughs> you can't yeah no i mean <laughs> i'm not editing that out i thought about that for like two seconds in my brain there i was just like oh that stop <laughs> i was like no you know gotta say how i feel it and this is how i feel it especially as we get closer i'm realizing that you know, uh, putting a little of my two cents in every once in a while uh, might not be so bad after all, because if nobody's saying it, well, damn, I guess I gotta. Uh, so, you know, with that being said, like, I, I think that, uh, you know, if Hawker could mount um, a really huge outreach over the next couple months, 
Um, and especially for, for the more progressive candidates that are seemingly either more liberal or more moderate than their other left counterparts that they're running against to dethrone, um, focus on the kids. You know, if there's anything that I'm learning from this voter turnout besides the, you know, the suppression issues, uh, uh, you know, Republicans being anti-mail-in, all that other stuff, drop boxes, et cetera, um, nobody's thinking about the kids. So, guys, uh, as uh, the campaigns wage on this year and we get closer to November, uh, we should be thinking about, hey, maybe let's have a debate, like, at a school, like, and get some questions from the kids. Yeah, yeah, I like that idea. So, you know what? Um, let's try to, let's try to, you know, rock the vote a little bit with the kids, get them interested, get them talking about it, especially the fact that, like, how many parents just don't put in the time to vote, and if their kid's like, but mom, I vote, or but dad, I'm voting, and then, like, let's sit down and do it. Like, let's fix it in the the youngest generation that could be voting. How many unattended 18-year-old voters are out there? Especially since, if you want more Kanakas voting at this rate, the kids, the kids outnumber the adults. So if you want, like, a real voter force to come out, activate those keiki. Well, they ain't cakey anymore because they're old enough to, to vote and go to war. So start asking them the questions that matter to them. Start a- asking them how they how you can get their vote, okay? Make sure that they're registered to vote. And just keep your eye on the prize, guys. Like, this is don't, – don't get too turned off by these numbers, especially since turnouts for midterms, especially a primary. Like, people don't just – activate like they used to when it comes to primaries so a lot of people are pushed away from it so i think that you got to find a way to get people interested again uh especially since now it's like how many people are going to pull up but i gotta vote again didn't we just vote so be prepared to re-explain that to a lot of people uh wow um other thoughts about the county council race um got Check it out, guys. Uh, posted it on the Rabbit Holes, Instagram, and on the Facebook. Uh, leave your comments. Share the results. Uh, Going to put a link to the um, the results as they update. Just going to land straight to the page on uh, the uh, Office of Elections website. And, uh, you know, I hope that you guys are happy with what you got because at this point, it's all on the voters. All these candidates did what they intended to do. Get your attention. Make a promise. So if they're not in a seat, it's just as much uh, you know, of your participation as it was their effort to get your vote and to drive more votes. So if you feel that a candidate that you voted for just didn't make it and you're feeling sour grapes about it, well, then you need to talk about how you can get that candidate back out there. Or for those of you that just barely made it into that second spot by the skin of your teeth, like, you got to double down now because you don't want to be, like, caught in an upset. So work on it and can't wait to have uh, all these candidates on air, and uh, especially since now it is a more distilled and refined list, a a sweeter selection, if you will. En petite pair. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just the cream off the top. 
the cream rises. No, no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> not not going to go to Randy Savageville. Uh, but yeah, so as as the uh, you know the dust has settled, we're going to reach out. We're going to have them on. We're going to talk about results. If some of the candidates who did not make the cut would like to come on the show, I'm going to leave some space open on the regular episodes for you guys to visit and talk story. But more will develop uh, as uh, the season goes on. And, uh, yeah, we're we're just going to... We're going to dive through the weeds, and we're going to hope that uh, we get the answers that we want, and maybe we'll get more voters to register along the way. And before I bore myself to death and you to death, here's a word from our affiliates. live in a fast-paced world where many people are too busy to sit down and read books or news articles. But thanks to Newsly, you can now listen to the news you wish you had the time to read. By utilizing AI technology, a natural human voice reads you the news, helping you grasp the information faster and more efficiently. Newsly provides the latest news updates 24-7, letting you browse articles from topics you choose. It even has podcasts, including ours. And listeners of Rabbit Holes can get their first 30 days of premium for free, allowing you to enjoy an ad-free experience by using the special promo code in our episode description. So download Newsly today for free on iOS and Android or visit www.newsly.me so you can stay updated on the things that matter to you. Moving forward. out there in TV land, I'm here to talk about the funniest show you'll ever see, The Beverly Hillbillies, and also White Hawaiian, a one-man musical starring my son, Eric Gilliam. If Jed Clampett were on Maui, he'd take Granny to go see White Hawaiian August 12th, 13th, and 14th at the Pro Arts Theater next to Nalo's in Kihei. You may not have heard of Eric, but you know his famous sister, my daughter, Amy Hanayali'i. Man, is she special. But she has nothing to do with this show, so get that out of your head right now. Maui News says if there was a Hoku Award for musical theater, White Hawaiian would win it hands down. See, Eric's gonna try his best to make you laugh. And while there's no promise of that, I guarantee you'll cry when you find out there's no refunds. Ask anybody who's been to the show and they'll tell you. Go see White Hawaiian on August 12th, 13th, or 14th. White Hawaiian is presented by the Koi Radio Group, Nalu's, Ekolu's, and Frida's Restaurant. Tickets on sale at whitehawaiian.com. Believe me, they're selling fast to musical theater lovers just like you. Moving forward. I'm just going to cold open with that because, I just, you know, sometimes you don't just say, hey, and we're back because obviously you're coming back because you had to sit through an ad. But anyways, long story short, I've been watching The Anarchists on HBO Max, and I'm I'm quite the documentary nut. Everybody who knows me and know, knows, knows that I'll watch documentaries more than I'll watch fictional content. And it's because I love seeing how the world works and real people. I feel that real stories are where it's at. 
um, you know, it's 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 cool to get into all these comic books and you know these action flicks, but I really like seeing just people be people under the microscope. And I thought the anarchist was going to be that, but really it just it's it's slowly turning out to be a t- like it does have sex intrigue drugs murder but at the end of the day it just especially after being a part of a people that have been exploited by um colonials just moving in and just taking over um it just seemed like a this was more of watching people exercise privilege as they just invade another country. So for those of you that don't know what The Anarchist is, it's a documentary on HBO Max that delves into a group of anarchists who created a conference in Acapulco. They left America because they felt oppressed by the American regime, <laughs> which is, which I got to say is really funny because like through most of the documentary, we don't get any real answer from any of these people, how they were like, really oppressed by the state save for like one kid who like her parents kind of had a life of crime anyways so it just it was no surprise so i think there's a lot of skewed perception from these people on like what kind of oppressed they are even if that uh and you know not to like toot my own oppression here but like guys like rank your problems like if if the reason why you're mad at the state is because you're a criminal, then, like, fix your shit. Um, it's more of an ethical dilemma than the state's dilemma. Um, and then it just really feels like the rest of the people that glommed onto it were those that were in the crypto market that were trying to build crypto. And they felt that they could hide it inside of this community and just, like, generate a whole new world order inside of it. Uh, and then it just turns into a convention. And it's just it's just a bunch of people attending convention and doing anarchist TED talks, which like most of it just gets invaded by health and wellness gurus talking about opening up your third eye and then opening up your pockets and buying crypto. Uh, so I gotta say I'm not surprised it fell apart. Uh, I'm glad it didn't become a cult. Uh, I will finish the last episode as it comes out, but I will have to say that's just only out of the commitment that I'm, you know, I, I'm an achievement hunter and I finish everything I start. I, but it's, I will have to say for the first time in a while, and this is not me panning HBO Max because of Batgirl, which by the way, bring back Batgirl. Like, come on guys, like got to get rid of that Flash movie and just bring back everything else. All right. I'm sure that it's worth just as much in tax returns or if not more, um, but yeah, so n- no bias or, or or anger for anything else related to the HBO, you know, banner. But like the Anarchist is kind of boring. So uh, for those of you that are hardcore into documentaries, uh, if you don't like privilege and colonialism, I'd say just you know put it to the side. Maybe catch it later. Uh, I'd you know I'd rather revisit the Lady in the Dale than watch the rest of the Anarchists if it wouldn't drive me nuts knowing that I didn't watch the last episode. Um, but with that being said, uh, yeah, check it out at your own pleasure. Um, I mean, as it ranks in like style and the way that it's put together, it's uh, compared to other HBO documentaries, like it has that. But it just, eh, there wasn't anything interesting about crypto in it, and there wasn't really any like true story about like anarchy in it it really just seemed like capitalists 
you know, it was just wolf capitalists in sheep's clothing pretending to be anarchists, save for maybe like three people in the mix. But still, the anarchists, kind of boring. <laughs> uh, but what wasn't boring, uh, a league of their own. Uh, I did watch the first episode of the new Amazon Prime original series, A League of Their Own. Uh, I will have to say that the first half of the episode was kind of like a little fan service, you know, in a sense of trying to uh, recreate some of the same feeling of the original movie, you know, especially like the uh, the tryout days and stuff in there. There was a lot of... Uh, uh, send back to the uh, the OG soundtrack. So there's quite a few soundtrack pieces that they reuse, which, I mean, obviously is going to happen because if they're going to do a historical drama piece, then they're going to confine themselves to either pre-orchestrated materials specifically for the show or what they're doing a lot in this case is they're licensing classic music from the era. Uh, really good soundtrack. A lot of Sister Rosetta in there, which I dig it. Um, so soundtrack alone, great. Uh, I feel that some people just, it's, it's not getting a lot of solid reviews from people themselves on the Amazon app, but the critics are, you know, saying their bits about it. I personally, I think it's great. I'm going to watch more of it, figure out if I really, really like it, but I have to say in, in its general construct, it's in the right direction. It needs to be given a chance. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of boomer females out there that might be pushed off about some of the more advanced liberal discussions being had even with in just the that one hour. Uh, so there's going to be, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, interesting relationships that we're going to get to see because the way that the, the, the showrunners want to take this and unwrap it compared to its movie counterpart so i think we're going to see a lot of special relationships we're going to see a lot of asides and go into the corners and crevices of characters that we really couldn't have gone through in the 90s i mean especially when you think about like how much they prepared that movie to be a sellout if it needed to be by orchestrating scenes that were never historically a part of the story, but they were willing to do just, I mean, just like the whole idea of there being a whole bunch of dailies from a, just a piece of the script where they were going to spend all this time on trying to put Tom Hanks and Gina Davis together, like unnecessarily, like, and, and it made it like it, it, made it to the day of shooting and then it got made it to the cutting room floor after that. But like, I mean, that was a plan on the dock. It was how much could they homogenize it to get more American, you know, just that white bread Christian looking version of the story. And so I think where we're going to see a little backlash on this iteration is that it's, it's gonna, it's, it's, it's a critical race theory version and I'm totally okay with saying that. And there's, I mean, it was already woke content before, which, like, guys, sidebar, uh, stop complaining about things being woke or too woke or whatever, or you watch certain things because they aren't woke. It's like nine times out of ten, if it's if it's talking about heroes or if it's talking about people in, in peril and in trouble, it's by all definition then I guess it's woke. But, like, don't. Don't don't go getting on this train like it, it it shouldn't exist, you know. 
So especially in a story like this, so any people that are kind of like harumphing around going, this is a little too woke for my taste, it's like, get over yourself. It's a story about women playing baseball in a time and era where men were pretty much everything, down to the most boring parts where women couldn't have anything. So it's it's a step in the right direction, and I look forward to the rest of the season. And before I go, uh, my last little review I am Groot. Got them shorts on Disney Plus. Uh, love Groot. Uh, uh, love his little, you know, his little antics that they provided in the movies. And uh, these shorts are are pretty cute. Uh, if you uh, make the effort to watch them in order, that's my only qualm with Disney is that like they really they don't set you up properly on the app to just like one, two, three, four, five through it. Um, so make sure to get that play order right because there's some things where it kind of like I wouldn't necessarily say that like it all has to be played in order to a degree, but like the one where he's coming out of the potted plant that should definitely be your first, and then I guess you could kind of just watch the others accordingly. But um, I really loved that there was one that actually had Rocket in it, so that one was definitely really cool. Uh, the first one where where he's in the potted plant, it's I mean it's very they they're relying a lot on just situational silent humor which i think is cute you know because you can't just i am groot all the time so it uh, it does a good job in that sense it's a cute little filler uh, i can't wait to see what happens in the christmas special but also like this sits in a point in i mean since it's baby groot like it's really like somewhere between guardians one and two because it kind of picks up like right right after the potted plant at the end of guardians one so like i i would think that the christmas special you know i mean he's already going to be a teen going to an adult and then that's how by three he's back to regular size because i don't think we can run the teenager group jokes for much longer and we're obviously not going to do some baby stuff but then there might be some other groots but all in all i am groot mini shorts on disney plus I give them too many thumbs up. Uh, they're only a couple minutes long each, so check them out. Uh, thanks again for everybody listening, tuning in, even when we're not on time these days. Got a lot of things going. Irons in the fire everywhere, and I'd like to just take a brief brief moment to say mahalo and uh, keep listening. And not only are we going to be talking about the news, but I got some cool hustle stuff going on that's going to turn into – an outrageous heist for all of Maui. So uh, if you like B1 TV show, bro, hit me up. <laughs> but uh, more to come on that. Uh, and uh, I'm such a proud papa, but I can't reveal all of it. Uh, still waiting on a few final elements. Uh, that's half the reason why Sarah has not been on the show this season, because we are building up something big. So even with where her job is going and everything, like and our awesome collaboration with Manawa Cow. Uh, she's got so much to focus on. So I'm just like barely holding the show together because I'm not I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving you. We've only just begun. All right. Like the great Karen Carpenter said, we've only just begun. But anyways, <laughs> um, just stay tuned. Lots of good things on the horizon. And I appreciate every one of your ears as they listen every week. Aloha. <gasps>
Rabbit Holes is a Manavacal production. This episode was produced by Kavika Hoke and Sarah Rodriguez. Make sure to subscribe and follow on your favorite podcast platforms to add our weekly episodes to your queue.